This is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Smarks and Stripes. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. As always, we are joined by former WWE official Kevin Keenan. That's me. And Eric the Turtel Golden. What's up? Uh, it's a very special episode today, guys. It's not just a regular Smarks and Stripes because, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you a former acting general manager of Monday Night Raw, a former Golden Gloves boxing champion, a former United States champion, former Money in the Bank winner, and the man who defeated Kurt Angle in his farewell match at WrestleMania, as well as Philadelphia's favorite son, Baron Corbin. That's right. I'm in the house hanging out. Good job there, Bill. Yeah, he did a fantastic (laughs) job. We could get rid of a couple of ours that that butcher it and then bring you on. I stuttered a little there. I was nervous on this one. This is my my big intro. It's better than uh, I was in D.C. and our girl forgot to say United States champion, so I ripped the mic away from her and the crowd was chanting, you suck, so I pointed at her. Obviously, she sucks. And I Clearly. Was like, hey, she forgot this line and this line. Then I went to hand her the mic and just dropped it right as she reached for it. Hilarious. She didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, Baron is joining us, of course, ahead of Extreme Rules, right here in Philadelphia on Sunday, July 14th. It's on the network, and tickets are still available at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. Uh, it's going to be an awesome show. Baron, you're challenging for the Universal title in a mixed tag Extreme Rules match. Raw women's title also on the line. You're teaming with Lacey Evans. That's where I want to start first. Is it kind of weird to be in a mixed tag match for two titles and they're both singles? It is. It's crazy because, well, I mean, number one, I'm not like a tag guy. I've always kind of yeah. done my own thing You're and relied wolf. on myself. But, you know, uh, you got to do what it takes sometimes to get those opportunities. And I think, uh, you know, Lacey was knocking on the door with Becky and, and myself with Seth. So it worked out this way. And I think it, uh, you know, I think it helps our odds because it doesn't just come down to me. She might be able to, to you know, get one on Becky and, you know, we both win. So it's like winner take all. It, it makes it nice. I think it's just going to put a different dynamic in it. Last night, you and Lacey uh, on, on Monday Night Raw set the trap for uh, for Seth and Becky. And at the end, Corey Graves says, I believe, you could be looking at the newest power couple in six days. You know, we've, we've been watching Baron Corbin a while. We know all about Seth and Becky. Lacey's kind of the wild card here. She hasn't been around yeah. all that long. It seems like even her time in NXT wasn't the lengthiest. Uh, like, I got to know you watching you in NXT. Yep. Tell us a little maybe something we don't know about Lacey Evans, how it's been working with her, what's she like? Well, I think that's one of the things that benefits us is they don't really know what to to expect you can't go back and just watch a bunch of tape like you're watching you know a game or or studying film because there's just not a lot i think um you know she's going to pull out some surprises she's athletic she's ex-military so she's not afraid to to get her hands dirty and, and go go to battle with somebody so i think that's going to be awesome and um you know I, I don't mind putting those titles on the line with her on my side because i think she's going to do what it takes to to get done and not worry about hurting anybody's feelings, not worry about what the crowd thinks about her, social media thinks about her. It's one of those things where, you know, we're just we're in it for ourselves, and we have a, a very good professional relationship going right now. So as we said, a, a winner-take-all, extreme rules, mixed tag team match in front of a 
in front of a Philadelphia crowd who, all, who hasn't really always been very kind to you. How do you expect the Philly crowd to be on Sunday? Do you channel that reaction, good or bad? I don't know if we could say any crowd has ever been kind to me. <laughs> I mean, I was even I was just in Tokyo, and uh, the Japanese are the most respected, yeah. like, respectful crowd in the world, and they were even booing me. So it's like... <laughs> There was another level. I just have this, this people are just not a fan right now, and I love it. Um, I revel in it. I love when people are irritated when things don't go their way. I mean, when we did Stomping Grounds and I introduced uh, Lacey as the special guest referee, like, it sucked the energy out of the building because they were so angry that, number one, I fooled them, and number two, it's not who they wanted. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things when they get disappointed and angry, I love it. Is that your favorite thing about playing that role, just irritating people to know in? I mean, it, I love every second of it. I love when you just see people's faces or their frustrations um, and, and people who are so engulfed in what's going on, they lose track of what's going on just because they're so angry. I mean, I've I've seen a, a 85-year-old man try to attack me uh, <laughs> while his wife is holding on to the back of his overalls in her wheelchair and it's dragging her across the floor <laughs> like it's next level awesome i read an interview i don't know how recent it was within the last year or so that when you were a kid you would take the irritation level one step always and then one far. step further after that <laughs> always too far and that's and it would be funny because like when i was a kid we'd be in the little groups at school or at kids houses with their parents and they'd be like you know it's always funny and then you know, you take it one step too far, <laughs> and then you go one more, and then nobody's having fun. So, you jumped yeah. into the perfect business yes. to keep that going, right? <laughs> I mean, I've I've you know grown up irritating people. Now uh, it's so funny too. I watch what what irritates people. I'll sit in an airport, and you can see people getting mad about mm-hmm. certain things. Regal actually taught me this. He was like, I was sitting there, and this guy was chewing on his fingernails. He goes, and I just wanted to get up and hit him right in the face. And he goes, so the next night on uh, Raw, I was chewing my fingernails. So like. <laughs> You kind of learn that. But now with social media, too, like these people are so dumb that they tell me what they hate. And I'm like, you hate my vest? Okay, awesome. I'll wear two of them. Like, <laughs> thank you for literally telling me what you don't like. Like, it saves me all the research when I get 700 tweets a day about what people don't like. I don't like that you kick and punch. Well, guess what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to kick and punch. Like, come on. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow Baron Corbin at Baron Corbin WWE. Guys, if you are in the Philadelphia area this Sunday night, July 14th, live and only on the WWE Network, Extreme Rules from the Wells Fargo Center right here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tickets are available at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. Baron, I just want to ask you a little more about uh, you know the bad guy character. No, let's do it's, it. It's so good because and natural. Uh, I it really is. That's what I want to ask you because I remember watching a show on the network a few years ago. Uh, it was basically WWE Hard Knocks. It was Breaking Ground. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that and you were you were pretty prominently featured. And there was a scene where uh, Scott Hall came in and he was like a guest speaker, or trainer, or something yeah. at the performance center, and he just looks at you, goes, ah. Oh, they have you playing heel now. They figured out what a dick you are. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it's bad guy to bad. That's yeah. the bad guy. Yes. Telling you, like, oh, you, you figured this so thing out. so funny because so many people say stuff to me like that. Like, Vince Vince will always grab me and he'll be like, we're having you do this because it's you. Like, and, and Paul Heyman, the same thing. He's like, you're just an asshole. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, they tell me that, and it's so <laughs> funny because, of course, I don't see it. I think I'm the greatest person in the world, sure. which maybe is part of the problem. But, um, yeah, they just talk about uh, how natural it comes. And, and it's one of those things. I'm not there just playing something. Like, yeah. It's fun for me. And uh, when he said that to me, because he is. He's the OG. Like, 
one of the best ever. And for him to pay that compliment of calling me that, I was I was elated. Like it's fantastic. So you are somebody that has never, ever had a problem with telling the fans what you think, what you think about them, no. anything of the no. like. But how how do you feel about us? Like our show is Smarks and Stripes. Do you pay attention to what the fans say? Does it fuel your character at all? No, I it it. So the only way I pay attention is if I'm going to use it as fuel. Sure. Um, but the the problem is nowadays. Um, I mean, you guys obviously understand, but there's 95% of the audience that are on Twitter, they don't actually have a clue right. what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They read some ridiculous thing that some idiot wrote, and they think they know or they think they understand because you know WWE has opened the curtain, if you will, a little bit. So they mm-hmm. think they understand. They think they understand this lingo, and they just don't have a clue. Um, so I, I don't pay much mind to it unless you know it's a credible website or whatever. And even then, I'm still just like, I'm just going to do me regardless yeah. because – Honestly, like if if all those people hate me, it it doesn't affect my paycheck. Like I'm still going out there and doing my thing, and you know uh, they can cry all they want, or you know someday it may happen where it's an Austin thing where it just turns, and all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, they're the coolest person in the world. You right. just never know. But I don't like, I don't go out there and try to do something. I just go do me, and it and it works the way it works. I want to stick uh, for a second on WWE pulling the curtain back because the last the, the big news in the last week or so was the addition of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman becoming executive directors of Raw and SmackDown, respectively. When Baron Corbin hears this, do the ideas start flowing, knowing that you're going to be working hand-in-hand with two of the guys responsible for part of the success of the industry in the modern era? I mean, 100%. And I think it, it tailors to me a little bit because if you think of those guys like I don't, I'm not a like a the the wrestling world is evolving it really is mm-hmm. and there's a new style out there of, of guys that are high flyers and they do all these crazy things and that's just not me I'm I'm kind of old school I watched old school wrestling I like Big Boss Man I like Bam Bam I like Kamala like I like all these old school cats and they they're very simple I mean if you look at the greatest guys from Austin Rock Michaels all these dudes um, Brett like they have four or five moves they're not doing eight hundred different things and I tailor myself after that and I like to push the boundaries I'm, I'm old school in, in, in how we irritate people and the lines we cross and I think bringing those guys in and giving them more power it, I, I like I think it's going to bring WWE back to what it was built on like sure. a little bit to its roots and I think a guy like me will thrive in that you mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow how far are we away from the head tattoo I'm working my way. I got two behind the, the ears here, and I'm working my way up slowly because when it happens, it it might kill my mother. Like that's my that's my legitimate fear that my mom just has a heart attack, gives me the finger, and is gone. Like, it's one of those things. It's, it's but think of that heat. Like you right? killed your right? own mother. What I know, right? <laughs> Jesus, it's so funny. Last night on TV, they're like Baron Corbin's mom's even rooting against him, and I'm like, no, she's the one person. And- <laughs> 50 50, my wife cheering for me. Yeah. She likes Becky, but she still wants me to win. My mom has called me after showing me, why would you do that to Dolph? I like him. Mom, (laughs) come on. Like, but that, you gotta just feel like you're doing a great job then. I love it. That's so funny. That's awesome. I want to go back a few months to WrestleMania because this was, I mean, this was one of the major stories. Talk about something that pisses people off. (laughs) I was going to say, this was one of the things that people were going nuts about nuclear heat here. Leading into Mania. Uh, you end up getting uh, you're in the spot with Kurt Angle yeah. and it's his farewell match it's MetLife it's everything it's everybody mania. wanted John Cena Every, which is hilarious when you think uh, so, ma- like what I don't understand about that whole situation like we want John Cena I mean it's not like John was Kurt's first match like it's, if it's it was you know 
Cena's first match was Kurt. So maybe when Cena's done, Kurt will be his last match. Then it would make more sense. Like, come on. (laughs) But what did it mean to you to be in that spot with what is a Hall of Famer, Olympic gold medalist, one of the guys from from that previous era? There's a lot of really cool things about it because – you know, we'd worked together for like a year, and, I, and I've always looked up to Kurt. I, I, I look at him and idolize what he's done and what he created where he took, you know, he was a serious competitor. I mean, an Olympic gold medalist, and he was entertaining. He was fun. He wasn't afraid to be the butt of a joke. He right. wasn't afraid to embarrass himself out there. But when it was time to go, there better was have, You better have better. your boots on. Yeah. yeah, because he will wipe the floor with you. 100%. Like, that is like the kind of guy I want to be. Like I legit fought for seven years boxing and jujitsu and all that, but I don't care if I'm gonna get embarrassed or whatever it is here and there. But you know, if it comes down to nitty gritty, we're gonna go, and you're gonna have a lot of problems. So I, I think that was really cool to to you know be a rec guy, be around a guy like that who um, could kind of help teach me the ropes a little bit, and then you know to go to WrestleMania and everybody hates me for it and. You know, to walk out of there with a victory over a Hall of Famer, like how rare does that happen nowadays? Like it's just the times have changed a little bit, and I think that was a really cool moment for me. And then the, my favorite part of the whole thing was uh, his kids giving me the finger afterwards. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> They're like 10, and I was getting the finger. It was fantastic. I want to talk real quick a little bit about your transition from football to wrestling. You're obviously athletic. You seem to love the contact. Yes. Never had a problem with falling down. No. Uh, with other people that you were with, in the performance center, did it come a little more natural to you than others? I think so. Um, athletically, I like to think of myself as very gifted. I mean, there's there's not a sport that I can't just kind of pick up and play. Like I'm actually a fantastic golfer. Is that like, right? Yeah, and like ping pong, or whether it's football, it's wrestling, it's boxing. It's like I'm just kind of lucky. And um, I mean, obviously, you have to work really hard to get. Uh, to a, that level of being the best, but um, all of that was super easy for me. So going in there and doing the drills, I was learning extremely quick, um, and it, a lot of the stuff like correlated. Like footwork is very similar than uh, football, and I'm playing at such a high level. Uh, you know, throwing punches, kicks, boxing, Muay Thai. I've done all that, so that all was super simple for me. For where I really had the hard part transitioning was the promos, and I could talk, I could sit down and do media for hours. But now, you know, in football and boxing, since I was five years old they're going don't show emotion don't show your hurt don't show you're tired don't show you're frustrated don't show you're angry you're stone-faced never show your opponent what you're feeling now it's like hey we have to show millions and millions of people around the world exactly what you're feeling in every moment so when you get that microphone or you're having to learn to convey that emotion to the audience that was the hard part for me were you in the tail end of FCW, or did you? Were you? I the, was. You I was in FCW, FCW for like nine months. So you were in there with you know when Rollins was still there, yep. Ambrose, oh, yeah. Juice, all of these guys yep. who had independent credibility. You're somebody. Yeah, I was the only who one. never had one. I found no. your story very interesting because of that because you were able to make the transition to the main roster and stay there, having none of that experience prior. Not was there an one aspect? Second of it. Was there an aspect of the main roster that was? Difficult for you to pick up, maybe because of that inexperience. No, I, I think the the main roster because you're thrown into the fire there, and I think I'm a, a, a true competitor. So when you know that the bullets are real and you have to succeed if you want to stay, I think it was just good pressure for me. Um, I think the pressure was basically, basically uh, amongst the group of of guys, especially in FCW and going into NXT, because they had these long careers of, um, you know, like with Seth and Ambrose and. Um, or they had lineage, you know, Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. family. Like, I didn't have any of that. I was a stranger coming into a different ground. 
they heard I got a better contract than a lot of them, which is not true, but it's just one of those things. So, of course, they hear it, so I'm going to go, yeah, I did, you know. Right. <laughs> not really, but um, it was one of those things, like, just because I didn't want them to know anything. But um, that was the hardest part was kind of getting into the crew. Like, even Corey Graves was like, when you walked through, I hated you. Like, And now we're, like, best friends. Right. But it was just, I think, because you get a lot of people that come into – the WWE world and go, I just want to make a lot of money. Like sure. I don't actually care about wrestling. And, and like I played with it at the beginning, especially online when people are like, you have, you know, you didn't pay your dues. And I'm like, well, I don't work for a hot dog and chips. Right. So get over it. Um, Which by the way, pissed an entire <laughs> fan base yeah. off. Oh, no, that yeah. was, you're in NXT and you're doing a lot of squash matches. Yes. And then you're, uh, I think it's a takeover, you're with Apollo Crews. Yeah. And you toss him out of the ring and you're screaming, <laughs> go back to Ring of Honor! <laughs> I was like, I want to fight this I didn't guy. even have a clue. Like, he no, never I worked in Ring of Honor. He worked <laughs> yeah. in something yeah. else. But I didn't know. Like, I just didn't know that whole world existed. Uh, was, growing up for me, it was WWE. WCW, like that was my world growing up, and and then you know Harley Race in Kansas City going sure. to shows at Memorial Arena, but I was too young to understand about the territories, um, so I didn't even know this whole world. And then even getting into NXT when you brought Finn Balor and Shinsuke, they're over in Japan, and I'm like, oh okay, cool. like I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean to me? Like I know the Great Muda, yeah, uh, is that a win? Like, but it's it's just one of those things. Like that was the the transition was kind of getting in with the boys a little bit when they didn't. No, but then when they find out, oh, yeah, he's been going to shows since he was 10 and doing that, then they kind of gain a little respect. Or they see your work ethic. Like when you're in there watching film and you're spending extra time in the ring. I mean, I don't know how many hours I spent after class in the ring with Norman Smiley. He's fantastic. Or Billy Gunn or Terry Taylor, you know, or uh, Matt Bloom. Like, or then Hunter and Taker when they were around. I just like was glued to them when they were around. Um, and so I think people saw that and that's what like, okay. And I think that's what helped me find success. You just named a bunch of people there, uh, staff and trainers alike in the performance center. Is there anybody that sticks out to you that you learned the most? Maybe somebody gave you a piece of information or showed you a way to do something that really sticks out to this day? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because they all offer something different. I mean, I go back to Steve Kern. Mm -hmm. Like, I rode with Steve Kern when I was there because nobody liked me. And Steve would always be like, well, jump in the ring truck with me and we would, we'll go to the shows. And he would just tell me stories of... Yeah all the ribs he used to play on people and then just working with you know these unbelievable guys from his days of fabulous ones fabulous and one, like yeah. uh working in chicago and the lights come on and some dudes jump the rail to try to fight him and so they cut the lights real quick the cops beat up all the guys the lights came on he said it was the biggest pop of his career because the fans <laughs> thought he beat them all up like like just getting those kind of stories that helps but like because then Great. i understand like the tradition i know that when I was coming in, I know how locker rooms work, and there's etiquette. So I went and met with Johnny Stamboli before um, I went to my tryout. I was like, hey, I need to know the etiquette. Like, tell me what I can and can't do. Uh, so I think you learn a lot of that from the history of those guys. Then Norman. Like, Norman is probably the greatest technical wrestler on the face of this earth. Cosine. Norman Smiley is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And everything he's done. And, and the crazy thing is you're a hardcore champ, but the dude could wrestle – anybody yep. and out wrestle anybody so like he he really kind of built my foundation with footwork and the movements and so it looks clean and looks smooth um and then you know billy gunn and hunter really helped me kind of find my personality in the ring and who i was those guys really had a hand in in baron corbin becoming baron corbin and then taker helped a little bit but then terry taylor i, I think people don't give him enough credit sure he he is the finishing the polishing coach there and he teaches guys how to become stars. He teaches them how to stand still and revel in the moment. When I stand still in a ring, 
90% of the time, they just start booing me. And if I wasn't standing still for that moment, I wouldn't get that reaction. He right. teaches you how to just take advantage of every second, how to walk around and be a star, how to dress, how to carry yourself in public. I think he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. We're here in Philly. We're a big Eagles town. You obviously saw Jason Kelsey on the screen on yeah. the computer there. Yeah, having but a good time. You have our guy. You have our coach. Can he ever get over that hump? Can he ever win you that Super Bowl as a big Chiefs fan that you are? Man, you had to go here, didn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't yes. think so, man. Like, honestly, when we got him, I was like, dang, man, I did not want him as the coach. Um, I just he, – he can't get through the playoffs. He, I don't know what it is. He becomes conservative. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league last year. Second best, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's ranked number one this year. Yes. Yeah. About to get physical in here. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that you know our team was was amazing, and I think that he gets in the playoffs and he just gets scared or whatever. Like yes, I don't understand. And he did it to you guys for years. Yeah. For years, he leaves you in a Super Bowl. Yeah. No. Instantly. Like, that's. <sighs> What's the biggest weakness of the Chiefs then? What what is it besides Andy? Andy Reid. <laughs> besides him, you gotta have some other issues. Your defense. Is some of our players well. are morons well, and get in trouble. Um, our defense struggled this year. I, th- I think our d- we need a we need our D line that can really step up and get some pressure on some quarterbacks. I mean, you watched some of the games last year, and, and Brady had all day to throw at times. Like we need some pressure, and um, I, I'm always a big O line guy, especially in Kansas City, because. When you had, you know, Will Shields, Willie Rove, um, what was the center's name that we had forever? Um, and he went to Denver after Kansas City. What was his? Mm-hmm. But I think we had the greatest O line uh, for ten years, and then it just kind of fell off a little bit. So, any prediction for them this year? I always say win it all, but it just doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> I I want them to do really well, and I think you know. How many suspension? How many games is he going to get? Is going to play a role in how we do this season? And if guys can just stay out of trouble, I mean, we have the best fan base, I think, in football. Second, um, but okay. Sec- yeah, second. It <laughs> is always so damn loud in that stadium. Like it's it fun to watch it games is. in KC. It's, and and I've I've played here in Philly. I've played in Oakland when we when I was with uh, Arizona, and the, the fans there are just just the worst but um <laughs> kansas city die hard man i i was going to games when i was six years old and you're in line at 4 a.m to get your spot for the tailgate like it's crazy um i i have not been to a phillies game as a fan so i can't you know comment on, on we've their got two fans. former eagles working here <laughs> I mean, we got some backup if i need you know it. what it's the city too the city is fantastic for for philly and uh you know you guys are having a good year in sports this year um you guys paid Bryce Harper a bazillion dollars. Um, He's doing all right. The jury's still out on that one. Yeah, it's it's on the fence, right? Yeah. I mean, so I, I think they're going to do well. I think we'll definitely make the playoffs again. I think Mahomes has got his head on his shoulders, and he's extremely talented. I think it helps that his dad was a professional athlete and yeah. kind of instilled some well, groundwork there. Around the locker rooms and all that. So. Yeah. How about your? How about the Eagles? What how, What are they going to do this year? I mean, I would love a Kansas what's, City Eagles Super Bowl. What's the quarterback situation? I haven't. Well, that's that's a point I was going to bring up. Patrick Mahomes ranked number one. You know who's not ranked in the top ten? Well, who should be? Carson oh. Wentz. Well, he's yeah. got to stay healthy. He's not ranked that's, in the top ten, which is I understand the health situation, but that's still mind-boggling to me. 
the backup won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the way. Yeah, it goes. but you know what? The magic isn't going to travel to Jacksonville. Let's be honest. Probably not. No, I, I would doubt it. Baron, you're telling me just to go off of this for a second. You're telling me about your schedule and how we all know how ridiculous the wrestling schedule is. It's it's a known thing, but. You seem to be a pretty hardcore Chiefs fan. How much time do you have to like keep up with your teams? Um, well, you get a lot of times you're sitting in airports, okay. so you, you're on your iPad looking up stuff. And uh, I mean that that's the thing. You spend all these time in airports and on planes, stuck on a runway when the plane's not moving for three hours, or um, you know, in hotel rooms. You can only do so much. I'm not a big like go out and party guy. If I find a cigar bar or a whiskey bar, I'll go have some drinks, but. Other than that, I'm I'm you know in laying around or at the gym. It's just on the road. Like, yeah, I'm just not home. So you have some free time, but like June, I was home four and a half days the entire month of June. Um, I was in Singapore. I was in Tokyo. I was in uh, Europe. I mean, you're all over the place. And then uh, I was supposed to go home this morning at about six a.m. But uh, I got to come hang out here. So um, <laughs> got free tasty cakes. I so good. That coffee one was crazy good, and I got coffee. Um, but I actually like doing this stuff, so it never bothers me. Um, but yeah, it just it's being away from home like this can be rough. And we really appreciate you doing this. We realize like the schedule oh, no. is absolutely freaking insane, and this is awesome for us. I mean, I call myself a smart, but I'm a mark. This, this is just is, cool but for this me. This is kind of what's fun about it. Like going out and performing is awesome too. But then like getting to sit in a room and talk about it with yeah. people who kind of know what they're talking about, or getting little kids that just love what you're doing, and you know, also just kind of spreading the word. Like I've done, you know, radio shows, and maybe somebody heard me and is going to connect to something I said that might make him come out to the show and experience it for the first time and become a fan. Like, that's the cool thing about well, I can all this. i tell you this. My girl's coming for her birthday. Okay. Extreme Rules. She absolutely hates you. Good. But she was ecstatic to hear that you were coming in <laughs> if you were like you were on TV <laughs> to all of us here. That, it's pretty funny, too, because like, I'll be in an airport, and you know I can be standoffish, if you will, but it'll always be a little girl that comes up and it just like – Will you sign this or give me a hug? And then everybody's like, oh, he, he's okay. We'll all come over. So they're the icebreakers. That's perfect. Uh, I want to transition quick. Uh, everyone is aware that there are new, there's new competition, if you want to call it that, emerging. There's, uh, there's so much wrestling out there now. I mean, there's going to be a damn Evolve show on the WWE right? Network on Saturday. There's so much going on. This has to, like, even though you work for one company, just seeing that everything seems to be growing the way it used to be, you guys feel it? Like, is there a buzz? Like, things are about to blow up again? Like, how? how what's the feeling? Are you yeah, so in I mean, it that? I mean, competition is the best. Yeah. And okay. I, you know, you said you know work for one company. I work for the company. Yeah, WWE uh, is yes. the company. Of and, course. Always will. And be. they yes, and they they've just laid the groundwork that I don't think you can compete with in five or ten years. It's going to take you twenty years to get on this level, um, but. I think competition is a good thing. The fact that people are talking and arguing about wrestling is awesome. Like that's now you should what hear some of these about. battles. I mean, it's fantastic, <laughs> though, but that's what makes this special. And I think that's what's going to get parts of the audience that we're missing back involved. Because when there's a rivalry, people go to different depths to, to succeed and not... I truly don't believe anybody can compete with us, but the fact that there's conversation that people believe that, like I want to take my size 13 boot and step on every other company in the world. And that's the way I think they should feel, you know, and that's what makes everybody better. And I, and I think that wrestling is like, someone said wrestling is flavors of ice cream. You know what I'm saying? You love chocolate, you love vanilla, you love strawberry. You don't have to just love one, one thing. Like, sure. Dude, it's awesome. It's all awesome. And it's all 
a good thing. So having it and having this buzz is awesome. Like, I love it. I love that people think they can compete with us. They can't. But the fact that they think that, I think, will make some special nights for some companies. Bill, you touched on it a second ago. I'm glad that you did. Uh, This Saturday, WWE will be airing on the network the 10th anniversary special of Evolve. We kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but Evolve has that kind of fan base that Baron Corbin really hasn't endeared himself to, often stating, I didn't have to do what these guys did. I I just made a phone call, guys. Yeah. If, if Baron Corbin were to show up in that kind of environment. <laughs> so so this is funny because I was actually talking about this with Tyler Breeze because he worked in the show. He was just there. Show. Yep. And he's like, Corbin, you should come work one of these because everyone will want to kill you. And I was like, I actually should. Like, that would be awesome. I'm just picturing World War there. III type stuff. I'm hoping that they light the building on fire if I ever did that. <laughs> like, it would be great to just have some dude go, backflip, moonsault, handspring, and I go, Boom! <laughs> punk. Like they're gonna go. Ah! Like they're gonna hate me for it. Like it would be amazing. Make it simple. Bill read off your whole resume earlier in the show. What's your career highlight? Um, man, like there's so many cool things, and and for me, really, it's Kurt Angle. Like that moment at WrestleMania with a Hall of Famer just walking down the ramp is a career highlight because everybody's in this game to have WrestleMania moments, and I truly believe that i already have two of them i have the kurt angle and i have the andre the giant memorial battle royal like i have two major mania moments in my pocket and um i also love like you know winning my first championship because i didn't win a title in nxt so getting the united states championship winning it off aj and ty dillinger that triple threat i thought was something special that was an achievement because i want to be a guy that holds all the titles here i you know i really want to 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 hit a grand slam and so um i think I'm on my way like I, I really do feel that I know that people do not want to see me as champion so <laughs> nothing would make me happier than rubbing that in their face every day so is there anybody you haven't wrestled you would like to wrestle I, I would like to anymore? I would like to get in an in-depth thing with Randy Orton I think because you know I, I've wrestled with John Cena I've wrestled uh Seth Rollins AJ Styles um Kurt Angle like I've had some really high profile guys Dean Ambrose um when we were fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, like I've had some really cool stuff. I haven't really been in the ring much with Roman, which I think would be really cool. But um, I think Randy's the best, and I think the way he moves and the the moments he takes, like no one can touch him on that kind of stuff. You guys and so, are, like sort of similar. You're both big dudes, but a lot faster. Every time you yeah. do that, like, under the rope thing, stole that from and, Boss Man, and come back. Like that's <laughs> that's impressive. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think he's super athletic and. Uh, I think that would be a really cool thing to get into that, and, and Roman as well. Just, but if it's with Roman, I want it to be going to Mania. Oh, that would be yeah. I mean, that's the money. That's right yeah. there. Uh, we just have a couple of listener questions to okay. wrap this up. Two questions we got off of Twitter. Oh, this will be dangerous. Yeah, for, uh, it's, I, <laughs> they're, they're, they're somewhat yeah. they're somewhat yeah. easy. Just uh, well, that's no fun. Then. Yeah, from, I know. From Mystery Mook, he just wants to know how do you like your current ring attire? I don't think he's a fan. <laughs> It's hot and it's hard to move in, but it irritates people, so I love it. Like, they're like, I don't like your vest. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm going to wear four of them yeah. now. Like, <laughs> would you like one? I can send you one. Like, it, it's it, the ring attire is it's hard sometimes just because I, I'm a big guy for gear. I like how guys look in gear. Like, mm-hmm. if you're at a football game, guys are in football uniforms. Like, I think it's it. But, um, you know, whatever they ask, I do. And, and it's pretty simple. 
and you had that di- like your gear before was so different and yeah. like you had that re- like grungy looking yeah. that badass style and now you're playing off Clean that general cut, manager yeah. yeah it's shaved your head like it's yeah. totally different look it is, it is. i it's think totally it's really lo- and i i think it's good because i think if anybody stays stagnant too long people just get tired like i remember we were in uh, nxt one time and taker was there and i was like well how do you know when it's the right time to evolve and it was a question that really caught him off guard he's like kind of like uh like it was hard to answer because right. you don't know and i think i got lucky that that role came at the right time because i think just big tough guys nowadays it's not like the 80s and 90s where just a big badass tough guy is gonna be this huge overheal like in that that world you have to have complexity and i think that role gave me a lot of complexity and kind of elevated me to another level it was very like corporate canish it was it was and it was the first time like you know uh, i think like i said promos for me was the hardest adjustment but now i'm having to do eight promos in a show Mm -hmm. and opening the show with a four-page promo like I really had to step my game up in that, and I think it was good for me as well as my my character. You mentioned promos real quick for you know being handed four pages and stuff like that. Are you more of a, a boa points type? Let me go out there and kind of so you got to let earn me get the that. business across. You got to earn that right. You got to earn that trust, and you got to know you know that you're going to hit times, and you're not going to just go rambling on. You sure. have to earn that bullet point privilege, and I've I've finally earned it, thankfully. Um, so when I'm out there in front of the live audience, Vince kind of lets me go if I hit that. Backstage are still a little different because you have very specific mm-hmm. things to get across. But um, it, it helps to be bullet point because then they become your own words. Sure. And they're much easier to relate to people. And then also, like, wrestling is in the moment. That's something people are missing, I think, uh, in understanding that you want to be out there and in the moment. And so sometimes you have to be in the moment. And if a crowd's doing something, you got to let them have it or you got to adjust on the fly. And I think doing all those promos and giving me the confidence to memorize a four-page promo uh, now to where I can be out there. And if I want to go off script and let let some guys have it and come back and Vince is laughing and, like, that was awesome, like, great job, but I can get back to where I need to go and hit my points. Like You mentioned living, uh, you know, wrestling being in the moment. I'm trying to tell these guys all the time that, and maybe you'll agree with me, not sure, but um, heel and baby face, being a heel and a baby face, circumstance creates that yes. not necessarily going out there and clapping your hands you're a baby face or telling somebody to shut oh, up yeah. you're you're a heel uh is, is that something you were able to adapt to so i think for me mine i kind of it was funny because i was in nxt and i was doing those short matches where i was killing guys in 20 seconds and the crowd loved it and all of a sudden we were in san antonio and i went out there with rhino and the crowd first time in my career which was only six months mind you that i'd ever been booed they hated me in san antonio for some reason or san jose and so from then on they're like oh maybe he's maybe he's a bad guy and like that's where we kind of started to flow into that and um it came organically which i think is the way um it should that's when people truly connect or truly feel but if you're forcing someone to go this guy is a good guy this guy is a bad guy doesn't always work right and it's sometimes it's hard you know aj's come to the dark side thankfully but some people are still gonna love aj so (laughs) you're gonna have that that middle ground, which is a hard place to be. So for me, I'm lucky that uh, 99% of the people just despise me. <laughs> and you were talking about your move set earlier, and this is our last Twitter question because, like, you said you only do a couple of things, yeah. but you have some awesome moves like that. The duck under the bottom rope around the ring post—that's awesome. The deep six is really cool. But Mr. Nick on Twitter wants to know how did you come up with the end of days? Because it's odd to see something new yeah. like the, like at this time so around. It was. 
actually deep six and end of days were both an accident um yeah but they were it's crazy so the performance center has a crash pad ring mm-hmm. and so for the end of days i was in there um with a kid his name was solomon crow sammy uh, callahan yeah, yeah sammy yeah. callahan when he was in nxt and we were just screwing around and um he like jumped off the rope he did like a second rope ddt but i caught him weird and had him down and i just kind of slammed him sweet and we were like Wait a second. <laughs> that might have been cool. Like, or you could have got hurt. That was pretty dumb. But um, <laughs> probably cool. it was one of those things because yeah. like, we kind of had an idea. Like, I saw a, a, a Japanese match where a guy had a suplex and he switched him under and kind of did it. So I was like, well, what if we do that? And it just happened. And like, we both set up and we're like, whoa. <laughs> and then I sent it to Billy Gunn in a video. And I was like, hey, how about this for a new finish? He goes, I might use that tonight. I said, you better not. <laughs> he was on Raw that night doing something. I was like, if you use it, we're fighting. Like, It was so funny. And then Deep Six, um, it was started as a belly to back where I turned over and like I went belly down with him as well. But I was doing it with Tyler Breeze and he hit the rope too fast. And I caught him off balance and we spun and hit. And I was like, that oh, was awesome. Another cool one. Like, so both those were just fun accidents that happened because, yeah, they're both brand new. Like, especially in the days, like, that, that when has a new finish uh, come very, out in the last right. 10 years? Like, it's yeah. hard to think of so, other than submissions. Like, sure. It, it's, there's only so many things you can do with a human. So that's uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us, Baron. Uh, this was, of course, WWE superstar Baron Corbin main eventing. The uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view this Sunday, July 14th, at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. Uh, And tickets are still available at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. And, of course, it's on the WWE Network. Thanks a lot for coming out, Baron. Thanks Thanks a lot, Baron. That was fun. This was really cool. All right, everybody, thank you so much all for for listening to our interview with Baron Corbin. We had him in studio. It was a really great time. Like we said, uh, Extreme Rules this Sunday, July 14th, at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, Watch it on the network it's it's going to be a really good show for uh for kevin for turtle for everybody thank you for listening thanks for hanging out my name is bill matz have a great week everybody